What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. It is good to have you join us. Thanks for tuning into the show. My name's Dean. I'm joined by my buddy, Zach. What's, What's up, up, everybody? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Good. Back at it. Feels good to be, uh, you know, behind the mics and just uh, releasing another solid episode today. Yes, yes. Super excited. Before we get into it, mm. uh, just wanted to get in a little TikTok trend. See, see where you are there's been this funny trend going around that's like blowing up on the tiktok and in all my group chats and it's been pretty funny to see kind of the results and um i don't know if you if you guys have seen this but uh the question is it's mostly been towards men i think right. maybe exclusively so i'll ask you dean how often do you think about the roman empire <laughs> right the roman empire I mean, I gotta say, it's probably, if I'm being honest, like at least once a month. Yeah. And usually, see, I was thinking about, it, I was trying to analyze this because sometimes you see these trends, and you're like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> so I saw this thing, and then I was like trying to like research, like outside of TikTok, like where did it start? Why is this happening? And I, and my my own intuition is like, well, like you know, in the kind of podcast world and stuff, like there's lots of people mentioning of like Marcus Aurelius and kind of stoic philosophies having a moment. And I was like, is it just that people are talking about like philosophy and people from that time period that it's like, they're thinking about it or are they like genuinely interested in like Roman history? Yes. I don't know. Cause for me, like the reason why I say, Oh, like once a month or so is because I'd be listening to a podcast and someone will mention, Oh, philosopher like Marcus Aurelius would say. So I think about it. Okay, if you expanded that question and said, how often do you think about ancient civilizations or ancient culture? Okay. How would you answer that? Oh, man, all the time. <laughs> right? Like, every day. Yes. Yes. Same. Which is interesting. Roman Empire, I'd probably be the same as you, like, once a month. Yeah. But, like, ancient civilizations and ancient culture is, like, like uh, 30 seconds out of every six and 60 seconds. Yeah. And in some ways, like, I don't know. I mean, the Roman Empire is interesting. And I've yes. done a lot contextually, like working in terms of like pastoral, like working as a, in the church and stuff. Like so much of what you talk about contextually took place under kind of the 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 boot, if you will, of the Roman Empire, right? Like Israel, Palestine, like those lands were oppressed lands and they were kind of under the rule of Caesar. And so... You know, my understanding, I don't know if some people like romanticize it and they're thinking like, oh yeah, it was such a great time. Like I look back and be like, man, it was awful Yes, for the majority of people. Like it was an awful time. There were definitely some amazing philosophers and, you know, some incredible things, innovation, stuff like that. But you can kind of point to it as like the source of a lot of problems, even still in the world, right? Yeah. So, I thought about Gladiator. Yeah. You know, I think about... uh you know, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the other guy in that movie? Oh, man. Uh, what was his name? I don't know. Why can't I think of it? It's that guy. Let's look it up. I can see the Caesar cut that he was rocking. Yes. I'm terrible. Like, I'm I'm so out of it. Even, like, even Gladiator is such a dated movie reference. <laughs> I know. Right? Like, it feels like, oh, that movie came out a couple of years ago. And it's like, no, that was, like, 20 years ago. 23 years. 23 years. Like we were Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. That's Russell right. Crow. Man, as soon as you started the, the Russell. There we go. Russell Crowe. My yeah, second I, favorite Russell. Do you think Roman Empire, because it's kind of at that that crucifix between um, more ancient times and was kind of that segue between 
modern like Christianity taking hold and becoming mm. the the kind of populous culture religion of the world, and it also predated that. Like it was, yeah, kind of the power where where that transition took place. It went from a kind of like ancient belief systems of Greek gods, Roman gods, mm-hmm. pagan beliefs, you know, obviously Hebrew and, and other like uh, Juda- Judaism and other kind of like older predating religions, Buddhism, yeah, um, Hinduism, all of those, those religions. But it was kind of like the transition point of Christianity becoming like a, a populace. Well, yeah, it moved from a small backwater sect of judaism to becoming literally the holy roman empires yes like it was like it was christendom right it moved from what you might call historically like christianity a group of people trying to be like jesus and living in these like methods and ways that were very anti-imperial and like anti-colonial and anti-power right and then Constantine like became the one who was like, this will be our religion and you will convert or die, which is like, uh, uh, what? Right. And he himself, interesting kind of historical fact, like Constantine himself never converted fully. If like that whole language and stuff is problematic, but anyway, he never like fully converted to Christianity until he was like on his deathbed because he was worried like somehow that if he like did something bad or wrong, like he would lose his salvation. So he like waited until the very last minute, which is just so ironic and stupid, (laughs) but it's such an interesting, I actually historical anecdote. I don't know if I would say that's for sure a fact, but it's like a story that goes around that he like waited, but had these visions of a cross in the sky and when he kind of inquired about this cross, came into the story of Jesus, this kind of like no nothing like religion pseudo group in the Middle East, sort of spreading around parts of the Roman Empire. And then he was like, oh, I had this vision, like surely this must be the God that's going to help us win this battle. So he like had crosses emblazoned on all of their shields and stuff like this. And then when they won the victory, he was like, ah, yes, this is the God that will give us victory. And the kind of, as they say, like the rest is history, right? Mm. Many people today wouldn't be Christian if it wasn't for Constantine and the spread, the violent spread of Christianity through the Roman Empire. Um, but arguably, it was probably one of the worst things that happened to Christianity was to become this empire, like the religion of an empire, which is completely ironic when you look at the person of Jesus and that he was executed by the Romans, by empire, by powers. Yeah, it's wild. So, I, I mean... Uh... I feel like this is probably in like a Times magazine or, or something like that. But do you think Emperor Constantine uh, was one of the most historic, history-changing individuals in the last two, three thousand years? Yeah, no doubt about it. Simply because of just the scope and spread. I mean, Constantine among others, right? But in terms of the religious aspect and like bringing in religion, I would say that he was pretty, pretty incredibly influential. Because honestly, like... Notwithstanding some sort of, you know, I know a lot of people in the church tradition would be like, well, like God would find a way, like Christianity would spread with or without Constantine and we would still be talking about it. And like that may be true. Okay. But we only have the facts of history as they are before us. Right. And it's like Constantine really, if we want to just say based solely on humanity and nothing, you know, divine or mystical, like he was the guy that kind of spread this thing all around. Hmm. And so I would say like, absolutely incredibly influential in thought and development of like the way that you know as we think of the west 
like in quotes, um, yeah, like the religion of the West and all this and the development of those types of schools of thought and the philosophies that were born out of Christianity and the ones kind of like critiquing it and coming up with different ideas. Stoicism is one, like some of the Gnostics and like their belief in something, but not necessarily like that. It's all fascinating. There we go. When you think about the Roman Empire like five times a week, yes. right? I mean, <laughs> so ask yourself, ask your friends. What a trend. You know, Where does that even come from, man? Like, it's just wild. Constantine, he started it back yes. in the day. Yeah. So how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Ask your friends. It's kind yeah. of fun. It's the so answers weird. are wild and wacky. The other one I was asking people, because I was like, okay, ancient civilization. And then I was like, how often do you think about the apocalypse? Because uh, like Ryan, my uh, my biz partner at uh, Juice Truck, he's always like strategizing and like going into like survival planning for when the apocalypse strikes. So he's got like... He's got a game plan for like every possible kind of apocalypse. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think about the apocalypse? I don't really. Yeah. I don't, I, really, I'm I don't not really. like, I know there's some people who are always looking at it, you know, for signs of the times and things and that, but I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Any, any person. Okay. Here's the, this is, I just feel like this is like a sermon, this intro, but that is okay. Cause it connects. Like we talk a lot about Christianity yeah, we'll, we'll with, transition it. with our guests here, but, but uh, you know, anyone who's like of the Christian faith, that claims to be able to know. There's always a few, right? That are like, oh yeah, God told me, or the Bible predicts that Jesus will come back at this time and it will be like these end times and this, you know, this poetic kind of unveiling of revelation they take as like literal truth is like fire and brimstone and all of this stuff. But like literally, the guy who's supposed to come back, Jesus, says himself, like no one will know the hour or day or time that this is supposed to happen. And most likely he was referring to this this apocalypse, this kind of end times. We're not even 100% most likely. And he's like, yeah, but no one will know, right? This famous line, it will come like a thief in the night. Like when you're not prepared, when you have no idea, right? Nobody's ready for a thief to come. They just come and sneak in and break in. This is the idea. Nobody knows. And he, Jesus goes so far as to say even himself has no idea. Hmm. Only God would know. So it's very interesting. People claim that they know, oh yeah, on this day at this time because of this mathematical equation. Mm, I'm always highly skeptical and suspicious and I don't like stockpile cans of beans just in case. You know, it's kind of like, well, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, I'm in trouble. Also, also like, side note, okay, if there's an apocalypse, like all of these people, they're, you know, ready to survive it and stuff. And I'm like, but also like, why would you want to, man? Have you seen, like, have you seen, uh, what's that, the, the last of us and like the walking dead and stuff. Oh, yeah. Are you sure you want to be like <laughs> hanging around, like going from Vancouver to Calgary? Like, you know, like everything's dystopian. I'm like, just, I'll just die. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming with you, dude. Right. All right. Before we get into this one, just cause I feel like this is on theme. We've been talking a little bit about uh, Roman empire, Christianity, uh, upon our, our friend of the pod, Ellie Maz's recommendation, I picked up the Mag the Magdalene manuscript. Oh yeah, the Alchemies of Horus and the Sex Magic of Isis. Maybe. It is a spicy book, <laughs> a personal story of Mary Magdalene and her tantric relationship with Yeshua Ben Joseph, commonly known as our boy JC. Yo, so uh, it's it's a cool book. It's uh, it might be offensive to some, but it's really interesting. Uh, kind of taps into like Mary's teachings uh, with some of the Egyptian groups, specifically the the sex magic of Isis. And it's like uh, I'm only halfway through, but it is fascinating. There you go, and a little spicy, and probably a little offensive, but uh, <laughs> it's got. Uh, over a thousand five-star reviews on Amazon, so check it out. Wow. Okay, there you go. There you go. 
All right. Uh, let's let's get into this week's episode. It was a good one, and it it's kind of continues the theme that we're talking about in some yeah, ways. You could say the the theme just continues to flow like a river. <laughs> we caught up with uh, Tracy Dews. She's an incredible person. Um, she is an author. She does lots of speaking. She's a podcast host of the Hydrate Podcast. And she is like um, someone who is helping people to reach their health potential with uh, intelligent hydration and understanding some like core pillars of health and wellness um, that, yeah, she really makes accessible to people through her work that she does publicly on Instagram, but also through her clinic, the Sanctuary Wellness Experience, where you can go and um, kind of have like almost like a, a retreat boutique experience to help regenerate um, through different types types of uh, therapies and modalities to help really become vital, hydrated, healthy, happy human beings. And so we're really, really happy um, and grateful to catch up with Tracy and talk about hydration as this central kind of important thing that we need to do and kind of intelligently hydrating. We dig into that as well as her um, core, like nine pillars of, of health and wellness. And we talk about spirituality, we talk about Christianity, God, water, it all comes flowing out uh, in this conversation, and it's a good one. Yeah, I, I feel like Tracy, as well, with our friends uh, Isabel Friend and uh, Carrie Bennett, uh, we kind of water beyond tap water kind of came into our sphere as uh, part of our wellness habit, oh, almost two years ago now. Yeah. And it kind of became a pillar um, with the same kind of uh, weight of um, importance as as food for us. Uh, you know, we were kind of focusing on nutrition and, and the foods that were going to fuel us and, and make us feel great. And we're kind of missing this really core foundational piece of, of hydration. And and uh, Tracy is an advocate for, for water, an ambassador for water, an educator. Her podcast, Hydrate, is... If you want to go down a rabbit hole, if this podcast interests you, like she's got a hundred plus episodes of incredible conversations, um, mostly about hydration and elevating our wellness to another level that uh, you may not have considered in the past. So uh, I thoroughly enjoy connecting with Tracy and I thoroughly enjoy following her through her social, through her podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. So dig in. Those nine pillars of health, all about intelligent hydrating, and um, yeah. we're, si- we're sipping some uh, some spring water as we're uh, that's right straight from the straight from the source straight from the source right on. Well, uh, we know you're gonna love this episode, so let's let it roll. Tracy Dews, everyone. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. We are very excited to be sitting down today with uh, Tracy Dews, someone that we were introduced to through uh, a number of podcasts that we followed and heard her and became fascinated with her message about hydration and water and kind of, you know, it's something we've talked about on the podcast before, but specifically, Tracy, you were one of the people who kind of got us into it. Um, And we're excited to sit down with you today. You're a modern wellness experience maker and educator someone who's pioneered an approach to health and wellness that integrates easily into people's lives, helping them build healthy 
and connected communities, which is beautiful. Like uh, we'll get into your pillars of, of health and kind of a good way to live. But that's one of the things that we just love on our podcast is talking about how can we connect people? How can we help people level up their lives and help them to be just like the best version of themselves that they can be? And so, yeah, we've been inspired by your work and uh, really grateful to have you on the show today. Wow. Well, thank you for such a kind introduction. I feel immensely grateful to have the opportunity to talk about such an important topic. Yeah, I think with um, our discovery of, of your work through your, your social media, through your podcast, uh, we're kind of sharing this in our, our little pre-pod conversation. But, uh, you know, Dean and I have always been two people that are really interested in health and wellness. And we kind of had this this box that we thought was the box of health and wellness. We thought, you know, the food we eat and the exercise we do and, you know, hopefully the sleep that we get kind of painted that full picture. And then, um, you know, through through your, your your friend Darren Olean's podcast, we were introduced to your work. And, and really, you know, we listened to your, your, your podcast with full curiosity and open minds and open hearts. And to just to, to sometimes people don't know the impact that they have in sharing the message and just wanted to express gratitude that... Uh, your work really opened a gateway to seeing the world uh, with new possibilities. Um, you know, we started to change how we hydrate, how we looked at water. And this very much was like a gateway to a different way of living. We got into, uh, you know, more of a, a quantum wellness, the grounding, the sunlight. Uh, but also, like, I would say personally, I was I was going through a, a transition where I was, um, I would say, like, in a spiritual sense, a bit a bit numb. And I think through water, it reawakened my spiritual connection to the world. And um, the light in me is just like so strong right now. And it started with with water. So just wanted to pass on on my thanks. And I hope that this conversation can plant some seeds for others to see the world with curiosity and possibility and and know that, uh, you know, water is more than than just the water we get from our taps. Wow. <laughs> yes. You're so right. I mean, that what you just said really touched my heart in such a big way right now because like all of us, I think our spiritual journey ebbs and flows. I mean, depending on what's happening in life and um and water is something that really connected me back to divine and really feeling that love again and feeling that connection and and it is such a big part of why I like to to share the message because you're right it, it it's it's what we are physically we're 99% water molecules and there's such an element to it that's so ethereal and so spiritual and dynamic that we can't deny and yet we don't completely or even a little bit understand but <laughs> but to feel it and really the things that we do think that we understand about it uh, really have a big impact specifically I, I know for myself and in my spiritual walk and so that makes me excited to hear that you uh, feel the same way yes uh, for those listening that maybe this door hasn't been open for them yet and you know they're trying to get their eight glasses of tap water a day and that's their idea of hy- hydration can you maybe share your I mean, I want to dive into your your pillars of health and and kind of explore from there. But 
maybe we can start with your hydration practice, your, your, your daily practice with water, what that looks like, um, kind of break down what structured coherent water is so that, that we can start there and kind of see where the river takes us. Okay. Well, that's a great question. And I'm going to preface with the fact that, um, I'm not God and I didn't create water. So I don't, I can't, everything that I'm going to talk about is from my knowledge and my understanding at this point. And I know it's evolving and Anytime I talk about water, I just feel so humbled to even talk about it because the more I learn about it, the more I realize like I know nothing. <laughs> so, and I'll explain my hydration practice, which feels amazing compared to where I started from. Um, and it's changed many of our patients' lives at the sanctuary and transformed their lives from their joint health to inflammation in their body to, you know, chronic um, symptoms that they've had to even skin. Like one of my clients turned 50 and her husband was saying that before she started working with me, she had alligator skin. She got upset when he said that, but, um, (laughs) but after three months, her skin was baby soft and just a different person. So yeah. So the practices, these are practices that are working for my clients and working for me. And it's something that's always evolving, but I really believe that when you're sleeping at night, a big part of dehydration is respiration and, and even like perspiration, you know, we sweat and we're breathing and a lot of people are mouth breathers too. So they're dehydrating even faster. Um, and the most vulnerable tissue in the body, uh, is the, the larynx and and the, the throat, according to a PhD, a Harvard a PhD that is researching this. I just actually spoke with him today and it's like, whoa, we start to dehydrate first in the larynx and the throat. <clears throat> so it would make sense that in the middle of the night or what, you know, when you're maybe mouth breathing or respirating a lot, you're going to wake up and be more dehydrated. So I like to front load the water in the morning. And interestingly enough, we need different water at different times of day. Mm. And we're still learning what that is. And I I can't, every body is different. We are a water body. We're 99% water molecules. And when I say that, people get confused because by mass, we're born about 90% water. And when we die, we're about 50%. So it's a, it's a, aging is a slow dehydration process, (laughs) which is really sad, but um, we're just slowly evaporating, but that's by mass. But when you look at us at the molecular level, we are literally almost all water and 99%. And that seems so hard to fathom. I couldn't wrap my brain around that. I thought I had heard it wrong the first time. And, and then you wonder, it leads you to other questions like, why am I not a puddle of water on the floor? Well, that's because our body is taking this water and miraculously turning it into these crystalline structures. Your bone is crystalline structure, your tissue, your cells, every part of you is this beautiful matrix of this sacred geometrical crystalline structure. And it's like, how does this happen? It's just so incredibly miraculous. And your body's working really hard for you all the time to make water inside your cells and take the water that you're drinking and bringing in to convert it. 
So that's a side note. But in the morning, I like to front load the water. And usually we're a little acidic in the morning, typically. So I like to use bicarbonate salts in the morning. Um, and, and that really just helps my stomach. It helps me feel charged. I, you won't need coffee if you do this. It's like, I'll take some bicarbonate salts in the morning and put it in my spring water and just mix it up, vortex it. I love to vortex it because anytime water's moving and spinning, you've got that living information in the water and it's just sending a message to your body that this is alive. Mm. So I'll vortex it and then I'll drink 32 ounces. And then after that, I love to do celery juice. Celery juice is so hydrating and also amazing for digestion and getting your bowels moving in the morning. I mean, it's just such a cleanser. So I try to do 16 to 32 ounces of, of celery juice. I mean, it's it's not easy because it's like juicing and then having to clean it out and then buying all the juice. I know it can be hard, but if you can juice it fresh, that's so much better than than buying it. Because when you're buying it, you know, that the enzymes immediately start to degrade and, and die. So fresh, pressed, like right, fresh, pressed right away. Um is the best. So I'll do that. And then if I'm going to have some green tea, which I don't always have because I've learned that I'm not a great methylator with caffeine. And like, I think over 60% of people in the world are not great methylators with caffeine. So they can't break it down really well. And some people have caffeine in their system days later because it hasn't fully methylated. And so they can't sleep well. And anyways, uh, if I do, I'll do a little bit of like matcha or something. And then I try to eat my water. Uh, like in the summer, I love watermelon. I love to have berries. I mean, I could pretty much live off of blackberries and raspberries and, yeah. you know, cucumbers. And it's just like, now this is the thing. When you eat your water, when I say eat your water, it's because our cells are 99% water molecules. And so are the molecules of cells in the botanicals that you're eating like the fruits and the vegetables and that's already structured a crystalline structured uh cell so it's it's hydrating so i love to to eat my water and um you know just focusing on things like if you're gonna have bread or anything that's been dehydrated just be conscious of having some extra hydration and this is this is an interesting thought um when we have food, a lot of time when we're in adrenal fatigue or our adrenals are needing some support, we crave salt. And so we like to put a lot of salt on our food. But a really awesome hack is, is to put the salt in your water instead and choosing a really good salt that's low in heavy metals and contaminants, but really high in, in mineral concentration. And and uh and and using that in your water instead of putting so much salt in your food so when you eat food and you put salt on it it can be dehydrating but when you put salt in your water it's very hydrating so it's interesting how yeah we're like craving it and our body knows okay i want salt and we're putting so much salt and i see a lot of people put a lot of salt on their food and uh, a lot of us are you know we live in a stressful world and our adrenals are constantly 
constantly being taxed. And so one way that you can support your adrenals is put some salt in your water, make it a really nice saline solution. Our The solution in our body, our fluid in our body is not distilled or pure. It's a saline solution. And sometimes we forget that. We think, mm-hmm. oh, if I drink this distilled water or this filtered water, well, that's just really going to kind of flush us out. We need water that has minerals and living frequencies and the right physical structure and um, the right frequencies to it that are going to help heal our body and help mm-hmm. our body make those crystalline structures easier so it doesn't have to do so much work. Because when we drink water that's got the structure from the filter or lacking minerals, our body has to pull minerals out of itself to structure this water and take it from a denatured state and turn it into a more crystalline coherent state. Mm. It's interesting. Like as an anecdote, uh, the days that I will remember, you know, on my way to the gym to like put a few turns of the pink Himalayan salt, you know, crush it up and put it into the water bottle and go to the gym. I'll like do a hard workout and, drink one bottle of water and feel hydrated in the days where I forget I find that I'm like drinking way more and I'll have to like refill my bottle halfway through the workout because I'm like feeling thirsty still and I had never really thought about it but as you were saying that I was like yeah I think uh like it's more hydrating to drink water with salt in it which people might be like wait isn't that wouldn't that be dehydrating because like salt makes you thirsty and da 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 but it's like you're taking that into your body and your body can like absorb it or use it like quicker I don't know what it is but it's interesting just like anecdotally for me as you were saying that I was like yeah that's actually so true of my experience like I feel less thirsty when I'm drinking water that I put the salt in yeah yeah you're right listen to your body yeah body flows so intuitive and we're just so busy that sometimes we forget to tap in and tune in and listen to what our body's telling us Hey friends, just interrupting the episode to share about our latest and greatest skincare routine that we're on this summer with Caldera Lab. It's amazing. We're on the regimen. We know that uh, skincare matters. It's 2023. We got to be looking after ourselves. And Caldera Lab makes it easy to look after your skin. I know sometimes it can be overwhelming with all moisturizers and all of these things, but let's break it down. The regimen includes three products, the Clean Slate, the base layer, and the good. Clean Slate starts and ends your day. It's a face wash that leaves all skin types feeling refreshed. The base layer is your daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin and jumpstart your day full of confidence. And honestly, I love the base layer. It feels so good when I put it on. It absorbs right in. It's honestly the best. And the good is your go-to multifunctional serum. At first, I was like, I don't know if I need a serum, but then you put it on and literally within minutes, you're like, my face looks so much better. It gives you a tighter and smoother look is reducing the visibility of wrinkles and fine lines. And what's crazy is that every drop of the serum is packed with 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. So you got to get on it. The regimen, it's so easy. It's like a minute, two minutes of your life in the morning in the evening, and it just works well. It makes you feel good. Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skincare. Made with only top-tier ingredients and clinical trials have found that 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger-looking appearance after using it for just a few weeks. All right? So you're going to want to get on it, and we have an exclusive offer, which is honestly their best offer available anywhere. 
go to the website, calderalab.com, and use our code MOREGOOD for 20% off right now. That's right, 20% off with code MOREGOOD at calderalab.com and make unforgettable first impressions that lead to people saying, man, you look good. You know you want that. 20% off at calderalab.com with our code MOREGOOD. Check it out, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1. We love AG1 because when we drink it, we know it is our foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients for the whole body health. AG1 really replaces all of your multivitamins, probiotics, and more in one simple and delicious drinkable habit. It's science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients is going to support your health. We love it. We drink it every day. It's part of our morning ritual. We know that when we drink it, we've got our daily nutritional needs met. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients. Honestly, I can't think of another daily routine that pays off as well as AG1, which is why I trust this product so much and literally use it every day. We love AG1. If you are looking for a simpler, effective investment in your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to drinkag1.com slash more good. That's drinkag1.com slash more good. Check it out, friends. My my, uh, my wife and kids are always so confused. Uh, you know, I've got a cupboard of different salts and minerals and you know I'll see what I'm feeling like I've got my like gray celtic salts or I've got like you know some kinton uh minerals which I know you're you're a fan of or some shilajit I'll just kind of change it up depending on how I'm feeling in the day and they're just nice. like well, like you know most people just take their tap water and that's it but I feel like kind of an alchemist like you know first for myself, I'll, I'll do a re- reverse osmosis and then I'll vortex it and then I'll kind of choose my minerals. And um, just like how, you know, putting recipes together for juice or whatnot, it's kind of fun to have a bit of ritual connected to the water so that there's some reverence for what you're kind of putting into your body. Uh, there's a bit of a process or a journey rather than just kind of uh, mindlessly you know, pouring water into a cup and, and guzzling it down as like a, a means of, uh, you know, survival really. But if there's that, that reverence, it's a, a much more deeper connection for myself with the water, you know, a gratitude or, or some sort of, you know, blessing that kind of takes place in the process of, of hydrating. I love that you said that because when we take time to really pay attention to the water and send it that love. I mean, our, our body is a body of water. That's like an antenna that is communicating with the water. And this is something that has just blown my mind in so many ways. You know, we're a crystalline structure. The water is a crystalline structure and we're sending messages. We are receiving and sending messages to this water. And it's a communication just like your, our cell phones are a crystalline structure. We're talking on this, computer which is a crystalline structure that this information is is there's a communication happening we're going back and forth and when we open our eyes to realize that there's really something there with water with this communication that maybe we don't understand completely yet but to have that reverence and that appreciation and that gratitude and and take the time with that is so beautiful and I'm 
really grateful that there are people like you, Zach, that take that time because it's, it's not something that a lot of people are doing yet, but I think that there's a movement that's about to start happening and is our water bodies healed. The water body of the world's going to start healing and we're all, it's, it's going to be very healing together. And it just takes a little bit of intention, I think. And and gratitude. Yeah. It's interesting too. Like when, when we talk about it and if people have never really thought about water in the context of like outside of just simple, like I'm thirsty, so I take a drink and, and what more do I need to know about water? But like if you take it all the way back, you know, regardless of your kind of outlook on how all of this began, whether it's like a kind of like spiritual religious worldview or a more just like modern scientific worldview, like both of those narratives, both of those kind of creation stories, uh, like water is at the center and, you know, w- water is where life begins. And so it's so interesting that we will like dismiss it or kind of like think, not think highly of it, not think that it's that important outside of just like get your eight glasses a day and, and move on with your life. But to say like, no, like look at these different stories where like from water life has come right from whichever angle you look at it and it's really really beautiful that like the further you take it back the thing that you end up at is water and we all know you know we can go for a long time without eating you take away our water and we're done for and so like it is so central it's foundational i mean i think that's obvious why you have it as number one of your pillars right but it just i think it's such a beautiful story that as you start to immerse yourself in it and like peel back the layers and go wait a minute like there's got to be more to this than just I'm thirsty, so I'll take a drink and not give it a second thought. Once you start giving it a second thought, you're like, oh, man, this is literally holy water, <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah, I love I love that. It's, it's true. Holy water, like thinking about – I started to think about this the other day about how when we die, the first thing that starts to happen is we start to evaporate. And then we're left with whatever bones and then those bones start to evaporate and it turns into dust. And what's left is just that carbon and minerals and the dust. But what's missing is the water, crystalline structured water. But that water never disappeared. That water evaporated and it went back into the atmosphere. And that water is becoming something else. And it's not gone it's still there and I don't know it just it just blows my mind when you really start to think about it because you're like and water holds memory there's information in the water when you walk into a room where someone's been fighting or there's been an altercation the atmosphere is filled with water and those vibrations of that dissonance are still in the air and when you walk in, it's like you could cut it with a knife. You can feel it. It's thick. You walk into a room where people are happy and excited and it's a different vibration. There's different frequencies. And that's the atmosphere of the water, too. And, I mean, I'm simplifying it because obviously it's so much more than that. But when you really think about the water, just it it's so much a part of who we are and how we feel and what we do. And I'm just so grateful that there's people like you guys that want to make time to pay attention to it. I know there's so many people around the world 
that are, but to have more of this message being shared. And I like to say it's good news, right? It's it's good news because what it's doing is creating opportunity for us. If we realize how powerful it is, then we have this opportunity to pay more attention to it and have more reverence for it and upgrade it. And when we don't pay attention to it and we just, you know, let it run over us in the shower, take a bath, go in the pool, go in our cold plunge, open up the faucet, drink the water. We're just not really paying attention. We're missing out Mm. so much. Yeah, I think similarly for us, it's kind of like, you know, we want to bring presence and intention into our life. So if you're bringing intention into something as simple but profound as the water that you drink, you know, you're bringing intention to how you drink that water and to how you see that water, it can domino into how you, you know, if you're, if you're giving kindness to your water, hopefully you can give kindness to the body of water that is yourself and you can give kindness to your neighbors and your family. And, you know, it starts to create this wake of intention and mindfulness in all aspects of your life. Like Mm. for us, you know, these are pillars of, of your, your health and well being here. But like, you know, we started to get curious about grounding and sound, uh, sunlight and, um, you know, kind of that, the quantum energy of, of things and quantum wellness. And, and, you know, now we're just like seeing ourselves as like, you know, plants walking around as these batteries, you know, <laughs> I never wear my shoes anymore. And, uh, you know, the neighbors look at me funny, but I'm like, I feel great. And I feel happy connecting my bare, <laughs> bare feet to the, to the ground, you know, looking at the sunlight, drinking my water. So uh, maybe we can just kind of segue a little bit into, into sunlight and grounding and some of your other pillars, um, you know, before we go in, go in some other directions. Yeah. So in my book, I have nine pillars of health. And after owning a health and wellness clinic for like half of my life, I recognized that we try to make health so complex, or at least that's the way it felt from a lot of the schooling that I had and the mentors that I had, they're amazing. But I, I started to think like, okay, there isn't a pill that you can give somebody if they're not sleeping enough. There isn't a pill that you can give someone to help them if they're not getting hydrated or if they're not getting sunlight. And so I I started to break down, like, what are the foundations that we need for health that every single human needs? And the ones that we have pretty much all have access to, right. That many of us are missing out on. So, um, I broke those down and then I started to pull back in my clinic on, every kind of treatment and everything we were doing and just start with, okay, are you doing these basics first? Let's start here. Then we can get into the fun other things like supplements and blood testing and all this stuff. But why spend money Mm -hmm. on doing all these tests, trying to find an answer to what your problem is? Is it really a problem? Do we really have a problem or are we just missing out on the daily opportunities to have this full spectrum life of like full health and vitality. So I just started to ask my patients, like, what kind of water are you drinking? You know, most of them would say, oh, filtered water. I'm like, hmm, interesting. What about if we switch this to a living spring water or glacial water, some sort of artesian water as opposed to filtered water? Um, They're like, oh, okay, I can do that. And then how about you just go sit in the sun for 15 to 30, depending on their skin, but 
you know, 15 to 45 minutes each day and take your shoes off and just ground to the earth and get a little sunlight. Uh, you know, just little things like that changing. And then they're like, yeah, I can do that. I'm actually not doing that. And I said, okay, well, let's try that. Come back in 30 days and let me know how you're doing. And the changes in my patients were so incredibly profound that I couldn't deny them. And then I, I didn't have a job anymore. <laughs> I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> like, well, how can I sell anyone a supplement or like this amazing protocol when everybody's feeling amazing, <laughs> you know? So I, I said, you know what? I need to document this because it's so powerful. And I think a lot of us are missing it. And, and thankfully, there's there's so much coming back to this now, to the roots, and, and I see such a trend in it. But it it wasn't there before. And it was like, ah, like, we really need this. So I decided I would write a book and go through the nine pillars of, you know, we need hydration. Obviously, we need minerals in our body because with the conventional farming, we've lost that mineral supply that we need that that's full spectrum of minerals in our, in our food. And, um, and then we, we live in such a stressful world that we're depleting our body of minerals far faster than we probably did, you know, a long time ago. And um, so minerals are really important in getting the right minerals and then um, nutrition. We're just missing out on nutrition because we're not eating food that has first of all that has sunlight and the 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 living nutrition inside of it once we pick our food from the source 60 hours later almost all of that that light energy has been depleted and so we want to get that real nutrition go to the farmer's market get food fresh and that's hard to do nowadays. It's really hard and it takes a lot of effort. Um, so making sure that we're understanding what nutrition is, the reason why we really eat the food that we eat is because the light energy from that that food is, is so crucial. And then obviously sunlight, sunlight's a forgotten food. Mm. That full spectrum sun is feeding ourselves that essential nutrition to thrive and uh, grounding. I mean, we forget how powerful the earth is, but we charge our phones at night. We plug our cell phone in, we plug our computer in, but we forget to plug our body in and we can plug it into the earth. The earth has this, you know, this, this energy that it wants to give to us life giving energy and all we have to do is take our shoes off. We, we wear shoes that have this plastic or rubber that's that's disconnecting us. We're disconnected from an energy source that is just right there and easy for us to tap into. Gardening, touching the earth, you know, just being outside and those kind of things are just really bring us back to life. And then um, a big one for me was was creative playtime. Creative play is, I think, an essential to one of these these nine pillars because we we often lose it. Remember when you're a kid, you'd go outside and you're actually pretty much checking off all the pillars with the creative play. Like you're outside, we usually had our shoes off, we're running, we're moving, we're 
touching the earth, we're getting sunlight, we're, you know, whatever. We have a lot of those checked off. And uh, it's it's a time for, like, our brain to really relax and, and not be so stressed out and for divine to really give us these downloads that are so life-giving. I don't know about you guys, but most of my patients and myself, like, our creative ideas and inspiration comes when you just let go and just get into your body. At my house, I've got trampolines. I've got big trampolines, little trampolines, balance beams, balance boards, Indian clubs. Like, there's stuff all around my house. So then every corner, you can find inspiration to play or move. And then movement. And that goes into movement. I mean, if we're not moving our body, then we're not going to be hydrated because you got to think about the fascial networks as the irrigation system of the body. So yeah, you're drinking that water, but how do we get all that, that hydration to our tissue? We need to move. Mm. Have you ever moved your earlobes? Have you ever, you know, really massaged your scalp or my, my fingers? I bend them every day, you know? So when we do different things and have that creative play, we're often moving in different ways that can help bring that hydration into the body. And then connected community. We can't survive alone. We just, we can't thrive alone. Maybe we can survive, but we can't thrive. And we really learned this during COVID that eye gazing, connection, heartfelt conversation, knowing that you're supported, knowing that someone sees you and they believe in you is such life-giving energy. And so I, I was like, we have to have this as one of the nine pillars. So, and then sleep, of course, I have these, you know, <laughs> these like elite athletes that come see me, some very like top fortune 500 executives, and they have so much money and so many things where they think they can buy all these hacks and go get these IVs and do all these things that they don't need to sleep. They can do everything but the sleep. And, you know, we've, we've learned that that's just not true. We have to sleep. We can try to hack our way through it, but it will eventually always catch up to us. And if we want to be healthy and hydrated, we need to be getting enough sleep. So those are the pillars. And my book goes through fun, playful ways to integrate those into your life. So it never feels like work. It doesn't feel like you're checking a box. It makes it super fun and they're exciting and you want to do them with friends and I have recipes in the book and how to throw a party that has all those nine pillars in it. And so I'm known in my community for throwing parties, but not parties, parties that don't have any alcohol, parties that have hydration, wellness drinks, and a lot of playtime and connection. <laughs> That's the best. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that that's like the future. I know, you know, we probably all have experienced those phases of life where you're kind of in that middle ground, like, you know, out of school, maybe in university and everyone's kind of like looking to connect and whatever. And that's usually like alcohol or in some cases like recreational drugs will like facilitate the kind of social gathering of people. And it's not really what anyone is truly looking for. What they're looking for is like that important connection with others. And I think that when we can have things like, you know, celebrations and gatherings based around like healthy habits and meaningful encounters that you're going to like remember the next day, like that 
10 out of 10 is going to be the thing that I think people would opt for, right? Because you're going to feel better. You're going to make meaningful connections. You can do so in a way that is like playful and, you know, explores your curiosities. And that's awesome. I feel like everyone should have a, a like health, health party a wellness party that doesn't feel like stuffy or lame but it's like legitimately let's get together and like have a great time looking after one another and ourselves yeah i mean alcohol really is a social lubricant like you said it's something to help us connect break our barriers down so that we can be closer and that's ultimately what everybody wants we we all i feel want the same thing we want love we want connectedness we want belonging we want to feel purpose and when you get people together that can feel those things the, the room's elevated and it's fun mm. and you also don't feel judged you feel like you can just be yourself and show up in your full authenticity and and the people that are there are going want to receive that and receive you for all that you are that feels really good and and i think that's why people drink because when you break down the barriers usually it's like it feels more like that but there's so much negative to it in the sense that yeah it's dehydrating the body dehydrating the brain raising cortisol levels i mean there's just nothing really good about it besides the social lubrication mm-hmm. of it And so if you can do that in other ways, why not? Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like showing people that there are other ways to get to the exact same end without the cost to your, to your body. There's no tax on your body and you can still have the same outcome of that feeling of connection and freedom and lightheartedness by just entering in openly to like, yeah, playtime and connection. Yeah. I think the playtime is pretty key because I think like we take things too seriously and you know, if you're if you're checking off number seven creative playtime, like you're gonna be okay to take your shoes off and run around with no shoes like on the grass. You're gonna be okay to play with your kids. You're gonna be okay to like try some wacky sounding water where you vortex it for, you know, seven minutes or something, you know, like it, it kinda breaks down I, I feel like alcohol and other other drugs or, or medicines can like get you to be silly and playful, but like if you can kind of connect to these things it's gonna create a playful person in you because you can't be overly serious and you know connect to the earth and and grounding and and community in a way where you're kind of closed off to everything yeah that's so true Mm. something you said tracy that really uh, i love the phrase you mentioned the idea of like people consuming uh, I think it was when you're talking about the people who are coming to see you and say rather than just tap water like let's get you on some like living water and I love that phrase because it alludes to the fact that like water is can be like living or dead right we can have various you know not necessarily like good or bad in a judgmental way but there's going to be some water that's like better for us bet that we can make a better choice and if we have access to it and some understanding whether it's just bringing positive intention to it and making it more coherent or structured we should always be aiming to have this like living water but as someone who spent a lot of time like in you know the context of faith and church like whenever i hear the term living water it makes me think of like the words of you know some of the prophets of the hebrew bible old testament where they referred to god as living water. And of course, in the context of, you know, uh, the Christian faith, um, Jesus spoke about like the living water and people often refer to Christ as this source of living water. 
is there some sort of interesting connection that we might wonder about or start to draw between, you know, if Jesus is in for some people in the context of Christian faith, Jesus is God and is this manifest reality of what God is like. And he's talking about himself as having this spirit that is living water. Could we say there's like some connection between God and water, the divine and water? Where where would you go with that? I know we talked pre-pod about some of the spirituality of, of water, so I'm just diving right in. But like the living water, where do you take that in terms of the context of, of a spiritual conversation? You know, Dean, I really like uh, that question because it's, it's a question that I have every day and I don't have the answer to, mm. but I love to ask the question. And I think that's what life really is, right? Not necessarily having the answers, but being able to ask the questions. And that's where we start to get curious. Mm. When we start to get curious. We start to become humble and realizing I don't have the answer, but I, I would love to learn more. And that's the way I approach water now is God, there's so much here and I have so much reverence and I don't know what the answers are. I do know that, yes, there is a lot of reference in the Bible to God being the living water. And and I have a lot of questions about that. What Mm -hmm. is that? Because to me, it seems like water has consciousness and You know, if I heard myself say that 10 years ago, I would not even think this was me talking, but, (laughs) but it really seemed like it's just so interesting how it it has its own thing going on. And, and I don't know what that is, but it's so beautiful and, and something that we can't deny. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I wonder if, you know, it says in the Bible that our spirit leaves our body when we die. And it's like, well, the water's evaporating and leaving our body, but it never dies. And it's always there. Is is, is the water God? <laughs> I mean, I literally have had this question recently, like, okay, well, that was literally stated in the Bible. And when you look at water and you start to really look at it deeper, you realize like it never dies it's eternal. It's constantly changing form. It has memory. It seems to do its own thing too. It knows things that we don't know. And, and we are this host for this body of water. Mm. This is the, the, the host that I am. And, um, when I die, that's what's going to leave me is this water and I'll become dust and that dust will stay in the earth, but the water will leave. And so it's a good question to ask, like, and really start to have reverence for, and <laughs> it's like, wow, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I love it. No, I'm with you. Uh, and it was interesting. I, I, I'm thank you for, for tagging. It's kind of a big esoteric question. So I appreciate your, I appreciate your answer, but uh, I was I was hoping to ask because listening to your you know um, some of your anecdotes and stories on other podcasts and of course on your own that question started coming up for me and being like wait like is God water is water God are these things like inextricably bound somehow is you know I mean there's different types of theological equations like 
panentheism, like God is in everything or God is everything. And, you know, different uh, structures and understandings of religion would reject those ideas. But I'm always someone who leans into like, well, there's probably more that we don't know than we do. And if we think we can figure it out, whatever it is that we've figured out as God, I can assure you is not. Because if you think you've got God figured out, you're wrong, right? You yeah. can, it's impossible. And I think that there always should be some some measure of mystery and wonder. But I, I, there's so many beautiful and just like deeply intriguing parallels about this, the nature and character of God as being source and generative and nothing can happen without, you know, this ground of being and like plants don't grow without water and sunlight and soil and we don't survive and the planet doesn't survive and life itself seems to spring forth from water and it seems pretty divine (laughs) whether it's like a gift and an expression of god or somehow wrapped up in and of god's self uh, it's a fun thought experiment to to allow ourselves to live in the wonder and and the not knowing which in our modern world we love to just know definitively the answer so i think it's a good practice to sit in wonder yeah. Yeah, and that's that's been a journey for me. I mean, I know you as a pastor, um I'm sure you can relate, but growing up with my dad as a pastor and a missionary family, a lot of things when you're spoken to at church, it's like, well, this is just the way it is. And a you know, it's like one plus one is two, and and then you start to just go down this you find, I found myself in a more dogmatic way of thinking and anyone that didn't think like I did, I just thought they were wrong. Mm. And, you know, and and it's something like in the Christian faith where my parents would say, well, you know, that people call them small minded and they would say, no, we just believe the truth. And I think, you know, there was a sequence of events that happened in my life that led me to bring me to my knees, you know, where it's just like, you're just in so much pain and, and so much suffering that, that it was like, God, who are you? Where are you? The God that I believe who you were as a little girl, it's not fitting into this box anymore. And it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It's scary. And, and I found peace in being able to just sit at the feet of divine and be humbled on my knees and know that I don't know and be like that little child that's curious, asking the questions. And that's where I found my peace and that's where I found my joy and that's where I found the playfulness again. And that's where I've felt the love again and it was by surrendering and opening that door up and not having these boxes or these boundaries or these walls around me that felt safe and protecting at one point and I guess worked until they didn't (laughs) and and it's like I still read the bible I still pray I still but it feels it feels closer and more connected now rather than going to church and going, well, that's what the pastor said. So this has got to be the truth. And this person's a theologian and they studied the Bible. So they must know more than me. Mm. No, I listen to the wisdom, but I line it up with also like, I am a sovereign being 
And ultimately, I get to stand before my creator when this is all done for me here. And I get to be the one to be responsible for the choices that I made. And no one else can do that for me. So it feels like a big responsibility and it's like, okay, God, you know, I, I just, that's, I just keep asking questions because it's like, if I just think I know everything, I'm probably going to miss so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And to err on the side of like graciousness and kindness, knowing that we're all going to like, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to get things wrong but to like walk with humility and openness to, to learn and to grow, like I think is so important, right? Like you said, you know, we can grow up in these contexts where it's very like black and white and like one plus one is two. And that's, that's great until you live through an experience where one plus two, one plus one equals pineapple. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't (laughs) even think that was possible. And then all of a sudden that, that paradigm, like you said, it just breaks down and we can be, we can be very, feel very like, completely alone in that. And so, I mean, kudos to you for, for sticking through and, and tracking through and, and asking the questions and living in the wonder. And, you know, like you had said, uh, you know, about when I was drinking water with salt in it, I feel more hydrated. And it's like, well, no, trust your body. Your body knows. I say to people like trust, you know, your intuition or your, or your spiritual knowing, right. That, that internal sense, like, People are saying, I don't think I could believe in a God like that. I was like, yeah, neither could I. Like, that's terrible. That's a terrible picture of God that you have. And you know that because intuitively we know what that connection should feel like. And it's love and it's mercy and it's kindness and it's acceptance and wholeness. And if the picture of God is teaching you or giving you something other than those things, that's probably not the picture you should be moving towards. Like move towards the one that feels like love and wholeness and peace. And yeah, so good for you. We're all on a journey. So true. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. It's such a beautiful conversation. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Tracy. We're so, we're so grateful. You know, we want to be mindful of your time. And I think, um, with any conversation like this, it's, it's nice to kind of let it simmer and let, um, you know, the seeds that you plant with your words, you know, grow in, in people's minds and experiences and, and see where that takes them on their own journey. So, I know, you know, from 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 Dean and myself and, and learning from you, you know, you planted some some unknowing seeds here in Vancouver, BC, Canada, and, and we've grown with uh, you know, curiosity and um like you were saying, like exploring, you know, possibility, not knowing answers and, and sometimes like seeking to be wrong so that we can expand, you know, what we believe to be possible. Um, so we want to, to just express our gratitude and, you know, I hope we can connect on, on another conversation or if, if, you know, you find yourself in this part of the world, uh, maybe at a hydration party or a wellness party. And, um, you know, as we wrap up, we do have a closing question that we ask all of our guests and, and I'll let kind of Dean close this conversation out with you. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks again, just for your time and and sharing so generously with us. But um, Zach and I mentioned earlier, or Zach mentioned earlier, uh, we called the podcast a little more good, knowing like that's what we wanted to do and see and kind of be about in the world is just these incremental steps towards more goodness in whatever space we inhabit. And we love to hear from the people we have on the show. Like, what does that phrase mean for you? Like, how does it land? What does that conjure up in your mind when you think about it a little more good? Hmm. 
When I think of a little more good, I think that every single moment we have the opportunity to choose love or to choose fear. And when I make each of my choices that simple, it really helps me a lot. Like, am I choosing this because I'm afraid? Am I choosing like anger because it underlying is fear? How can I choose love instead? Love myself higher, love the people around me higher. Um, and then it goes back to like every single choice that you make from what you eat, what you drink, to how you show up, to what, you know, whatever we do, it's like, am I choosing love or am I choosing fear? And and that's a way that we can do a little more good in every single moment. I love that. I think that's something I'll, I'll use as a reference probably later today and, and tomorrow. And, and that's a good one. We were just talking about that before the podcast. We were like talking about decisions that, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of on the on the fence of you know listening to our fear or our curiosity and our love so that's a good little reminder to listen to the love and the kindness so yeah. so thank you thank you thank you tracy from the bottom of our hearts uh, you know we're grateful for you and the space space that you hold and uh, we're excited to continue to to follow follow your journey and uh you know be be students and and you know curious disciples of yours as you mm-hmm. continue to to educate with your hydrate podcast and, and your book and all that you do. Oh, well, thank you. The feeling is mutual. I'm so grateful for the good that you guys are putting out into the world and making time to have this podcast and making time to research and study and learn and integrate it. Cause it's like, it's so easy to read things or learn something, but you know, as soon as we got on the phone call, you guys are like, we're drinking the water, we're doing, you know, the things and, it makes me so happy to see people that are taking ownership of their health and their life and taking responsibility because when we choose responsibility, then we're no longer a victim to our health. Responsibility is our ability to respond. Oof. So we get to take these nuggets of wisdom and respond accordingly. And yeah, then we get to be the heroes to our own health story. So you guys are the heroes to your own health story. And I just hope you get to help be one of those little guides along the way. And people are guiding me and we all get to guide each other. And it just gets really fun. The ripples, the ripples go out in the water. There we go. Yeah. All right, let's take our shoes off and go uh, go dance in the grass somewhere and enjoy the sunlight. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Tracy. Thank you. There you have it, Tracy Dews, the nine pillars of health, hydration, minerals, nutrition, movement, sunlight, grounding, creative play, connected community, sleep, getting that energy, getting that health and vitality through those daily habits and the core of it, the number one principle that we really lean into is that idea of hydration and intelligent hydration. So we love that conversation. So if you, if you enjoyed that as much as us, make sure to follow Tracy on Instagram, Tracy Dews. Uh, D-U-H-S. Her Instagram's awesome. She she brings so much incredible content. She she provides incredible education. Lots to follow, lots to dig into. Uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, uh, one favor that we ask all of you guys uh, makes a big difference in allowing us to grow the podcast and, and kind of bring more attention to it is if you can 
leave a review uh, wherever you're tuning in to it. Apple, Spotify, five star, four star, three star, two star, one star. We got options, people. Hmm. Lots of options for everybody. Uh, so leave a review, uh, follow us, like us, wherever you're tuning in, and that'll help us spread the good word just a little further. Always, always, always appreciate your listening, your attention, your time, your sharing, all of that. The comments, the responses, we just appreciate it all. Thank you so much for helping us do this. Until next time, stay good, y'all. Peace.